Hi, my name is John Lenz. And based on the work we are doing at Oracle and with our customers, I'm 100% certain that 5G will change the world. Hi, I'm Sean Kinney, and welcome to Will 5G Change the World, the weekly podcast where we engage with a wide variety of industry experts to answer that important question. This week, we're joined by John Lenz, VP of Product Management at Oracle, to talk a little bit about 5G. But before we get into it, John, I've got this recurring segment where I pose three questions from the Pulse questionnaire to get to know the guests a little bit, Betty. Are you ready for those? I am, yes. All right. Question number one, John, where would you like to live? Well, that's an easy question. I always would like to live by the ocean. Uh, within driving distance is fine. I don't have to be right on the ocean, uh, but um, near the water, near the ocean particularly, and especially where it's warm. And I've lived a good part of my life in that environment and would love to continue to, to be in this environment. Question number two, John, what is your favorite journey? One of my favorite journeys I've ever taken was um, many years ago, uh, vacationing on the island of Kauai. Um, uh, my family and I hiked the Nepali coast together. And uh, the beauty of that hike, the beauty of the nature uh, surrounding us was uh, unmatched in my opinion and uh, still sticks out in my mind as one of my favorite uh, favorite journeys ever. I've also taken that hike and it is incredible. Question number three, John, what do you most value in your friends? Well, French, friendships are important and what's most important to me is always having uh, feedback from my friends that is uh, open and honest. Uh, being in that uh, trusted, um, protected circle of conversation uh, having friends that don't tell me what I want to hear or friends that all, do not always agree with me, but, um, but give me open and honest feedback um, uh, for my own personal growth. And that's what I truly uh, value in my friends. Right. So, John, uh, I went back and, and looked through my archives and I've interviewed you several times starting in... 2017 at Mobile World Congress. And, uh, you know, when we first were having that conversation, 5G was still in the future. We were still talking about what it was going to be. Once 5G crystallized and we started to get a real good idea of how this would be deployed and how it would be used, you and I were talking about non-standalone networks and how we push that further through virtualization of network functions and adoption of cloud-based tools. So in the arc of our conversations, I'd say today, NSA 5G, it's here. We understand it. It's established. The next big move is going to be from non-standalone to standalone. So I was hoping that you could give me a little insight based on your conversations with your customers and the work that you're doing within Oracle in terms of uh, what are some of the considerations, technical or otherwise, as operators go through this move from non-standalone to standalone? That's a great, uh, great question. Um, so I would agree with you that non-standalone architecture deployment of 5G um, is here. Um, it is here in, in each of the main regions of the world. The, the, if you broke up the world into the Americas, Europe, 
um, uh, JPAC um, in, in North America. NSA is here in EMEA. It's, it's here in, uh, in JPAC. It's here in certain pockets. Um, Latin America getting there. Uh, but in, in general, I would say it's, uh, it's starting to be deployed and is being deployed. Uh, still early days, but it's, it's, um, it's underway. Um, the standalone architecture journey is, is earlier in its uh, evolution. Um, uh, Sean, I think when we last spoke, I, I talked about the, the customer base of communication service providers being broken up into three main segments, the uh, early adopters, uh, the fast followers, and the mass market. Um, I would say in the standalone architecture deployment, the early adopters are beyond RFIs um, and they are into the RFP process and they're uh, starting to deploy uh, the, the standalone architecture core in their network, starting to prepare those cores for going live. Um, you'll see some standalone architecture uh, networks going live this calendar year and into next from those early adopters. Um, I would say the fast followers um, are in the RFI phase as opposed to the RFP phase. They're putting out requests for information to prepare themselves for issuing RFPs and their transition will, will come next. And the mass market is still um, further out into the future. So, um, that's a rough sense of where we see the the market going now regarding your question about um the what's at the top of their mind uh, of considerations in, in going on this journey um i would say it's about five different things um the first um and foremost uh is the emphasis or re-emphasis on security um the Evolution of the core to standalone architecture gives them an opportunity to reassess the, the security um, protection of their networks. Um, they are uh, also reinforcing the need to be re, have their suppliers be responsive, rapid responsiveness to security issues discovered in the core of the network. Um, so the, the security and security responsiveness from the suppliers is, is at the top of their mind. Um, next would be, I would say, the cost efficiency of both, um, the cost efficiency of the journey from, from both a, a CapEx and OpEx perspective. From a CapEx perspective, they are looking for an efficient transition through virtualization toward cloud native. Um, they don't want to pay twice. Um, they want to procure solutions that take them through that journey um, in an economic fashion. Um, from an OPEX perspective, um, they are recognizing that assembling this 5G solution, this 5G core network is, is a challenge. Um, it's not easy. Um, a lot of energy is required to be dedicated to making it successful. So. Um, the CSPs are looking for solutions that, that make that OPEX um, journey uh, less expensive. Um, 
and and how that manifests itself is is it they're looking for solutions that offer them efficiencies of deployment, uh, more automation, um, more embedded test tools, more self-healing behavior. Um, so so that's really important to them. So I think those areas of security, security responsiveness, uh, cost efficiency on the opex on the opex side, on the capex side. Um, and an overall more automated experience is are things at the top of their mind. And so these considerations are playing out among operators all over the world right now. And uh, I guess at least from my perspective, a big part of this move to standalone is the ability to slice your network up and, and create these logical virtual partitions that you can apply a distinct quality of service standard to. So I was hoping now that we've talked a little bit about just where we are as an industry, if you could give me a little more context as to why this is an important transition for operators. And I guess the way I'm thinking about it, and, and you might have a different perspective, but I feel like there's a, a pressure to get to standalone so that you have network slicing as a mechanism to offer up a very differentiated, valuable service to an enterprise customer and, and derive service revenues from whatever that might be. So, I, I mean, do, would you agree with that? Maybe you could expound a little bit just on the relationship between standalone and positioning yourself to actually start to see a return on the investment that you made in your 5G network. Certainly. And, and uh, Sean, I would say you, you, you're right. Um, I would agree with you. Um, operators want to uh, grow their enterprise revenue. Uh, they want to seek that, be successful in seeking that higher margin business. Um, and the standalone architecture with its cloud native design will be able to um, support that network slicing capability. Um, and what that network slicing capability will offer their customers uh, will be a more personalized and tailored experience uh, for their customers. And in the world of the enterprise, uh, that means a more tailored experience for that enterprise. Um, the slicing will enable a service provider to turn up rapidly and cost-effectively a, a personalized service for that enterprise um, by not only turning up the slice of the network with its own quality of service, uh, quality of um, experience, uh, behavior tailored to the, the needs of the devices and personnel of that enterprise, um, but it will also bundle in the applications that are tailored for that enterprise. Uh, so a, a slice for an enterprise uh, that is uh, a car factory with robotics and with uh, sensors uh, will be different than an enterprise slice and applications for a uh, college university. Um, those are the kinds of examples where a different level of experience will be provided, uh, a high quality experience, but a different bundling of applications and network uh, 
behaviors. So um, the operators are seeking that and the slicing being provided by the standalone architecture in a cloud native environment will enable that. Um, the operators are going to have different um, different ways to off offer that slice. Um, the solution that's sliced uh, amongst the network and the applications will be offered, uh, some being offered from the operator's private cloud. Some will be offered in a combination of, of their private cloud with uh, on-campus or on-enterprise premise um, hybrid uh, data planes. Um, some solutions will be entirely offered in the public cloud. Um, it depends on, on the region that will be served. It, it depends on the applications that will be required in the, in the campus and enterprise that will be served. But the operators are looking to have all variants of that at their disposal so they can efficiently tune their offer um, for that uh, specific customer. But it's, it's very exciting uh, about the, the, the power that that slice capability um, through the network and up into the applications will, will the, the, the power that will provide the CSPs to offer a, an experience that's tailored to the individual enterprise. So John, we've talked uh, about the 5G part of this question. So now let's talk about the changing the world part of it. Um, for the benefit of the audience, we're recording this on, on June 2nd, just to give you a, a little context as to the topicality of this. But John, your colleague uh, wrote a blog that published back in January that was about how 5G and cloud-based services will transform our lives. And, you know, that was that was correct and, and prophetic to a, a certain degree. So as we try to answer this question, will 5G change the world? Maybe let's start with that. How do you see 5G changing the way that we work and socialize in a situation where we may have to go through these prolonged periods of, of quarantine, isolation, and, and distancing? Sean, what a, what a great topic at this time. Um, no doubt, we are in a very um, unique situation where people are working remotely to various degrees. We have some folks that are working full-time, working from home, working remotely, some part-time, working from home, working remotely. Um, and, and we're all experiencing, many of us are experiencing that uh, for the very first time. Um, some are experiencing it um, to a greater degree than ever before. Um, there's no doubt that this is uh, um, bringing us new um, experiences in, in how we interact with one another in the professional space. Um, I would say uh, the experience uh, is largely okay, but it's, uh, it's limited in enabling more productivity. I believe that the 5G capabilities of uh, the network um, and the 5G capabilities um, of new uh, end devices will significantly enhance that experience. Um, the shared experience that we're all uh, encountering right now in the workplace, it, it needs to be 
more than just video conference and sharing voice and sharing charts. Um, it's got to become more interactive. It's got to become a more interactive experience for true productivity, whether that's agile software development, whether that's sharing business concept three-dimensionally, um, whether it's uh, incorporating feedback real time uh, from what products are deployed in the field. Um, 5G will enable all of this. And I think 5G is going to enable a, a much more productive and, um, and an enriching experience for these prolonged periods where people are working remotely. Um, so it's really exciting what's, what's possible and what's coming our way. Um, and from that, you may see uh, one of the big economic changes. You may see many of the, the companies shifting a lot of their facilities expenditures to uh, shifting away from the actual facility expenditure to become more agile in their work, workspaces and workforces and invest in their uh, remote workforces even more to make that experience more uh, rewarding. And I think that's going to open up that enterprise play for the, the CSPs, those CSPs that can offer that 5G sliced experience for those enterprises to enrich that, uh, that remote experience for the workforce. I think those CSPs are really going to the, win the day. So pretty exciting what's possible and what's coming. And uh, this is a good example of, um, um, and that will, I think, get people thinking about how they can change uh, how their workforces are, are productively interacting. And so let's scale that up now. Uh, you know, we've got the remote workforce. We've got the, the consumer who is receiving this new level of highly robust connectivity. But what about when we apply that to entire industries over time? How does it all fit together? And, and I guess if I can add to that question, you know, John, in my job, I have KPIs that I have to keep track of. I know you do as well when we think about 5G as a uh, technology that, that is changing the world, what kind of KPIs do we look at? Do we think about you know, productivity? Do we think about GDP? What is it? Um, enabling more productivity in the workplace, enabling more, uh, just that alone will, will tie into the metrics of business. So the same measures of, of how we measure our business today, I believe will be enhanced by that increased level of productivity from the workforce. Uh, from the consumer uh, point of view, um, I think the, the, one of the key metrics for the operators will be the level of, of revenue from their consumers outside of the, the traditional voice data experience. Uh, by enabling a more um, robust experience for the con for the consumer customers, um, tying that experience into application applications that are offered by the operator, uh, tying that into new levels of entertainment interaction from the operator. I think those will be some some key metrics that'll that'll come to be enhanced um, as the operators expand their offerings into the world of 5G. So, so from a productivity, ranging from productivity increases to mapping that to business metrics, uh, all the way to uh, consumer 
um, take rates of serve of offerings from the operators. I think those are all metrics that will be enhanced in five G. Well, John, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to share your perspective, share Oracle's perspective, and help me answer this important question: Five G change the world. Sean, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for the time. Uh, really, really uh, appreciate the work you you publish, and uh, I'm very happy and, and honored to be part of the podcast. Thank you. Will five G change the world? Is an Arden Media production. For advertising inquiries, contact Danny Miller at dmiller at ardenmedia.com. The show today was produced and edited by me, Sean King. Thanks for listening.